All right, our fellow listeners, welcome to the Underpaid and Underqualified podcast with your host, Ja and Vincent Talley. And we're here to hopefully, this time we got our sound equipment figured out. Hopefully we won't have any more hiccups and apologize for anybody and our loyal 10 fans listening to our previous episode. I don't know. That's pretty optimistic. I'm sure we'll still have hiccups, but. <laughs> hey, so far so good. I closed my window. Somebody for some reason was playing happy and also disco. Happy like the Pharrell song? Because yeah. I'm happy. Oh, God. And Man. also some disco in the background. Or like, that was like the next song after. And I'm like, I appreciate the oldies. <laughs> but stop. Please. What's, wor- what's worse than being quarantined? Being quarantined with that song on repeat. <laughs> um, Is that a... Actually, you- that makes it worse. No. That's, yeah. The happy song makes it worse. Like, I don't even know why people think that's the happiest song. No pun intended. Because like, people are dumb. Because people are dumb and they just hear the word happy and be like, oh, if I had to think of a happy song, it's that one. That's the happiest one. But I don't know. Yeah, I no. actually, actually don't hate that song too much compared to other songs at the top of my shit list. But if you had to hear it over and over on a loop, I'm sure you would yeah, just really feel the effects of this quarantine. <laughs> I'm okay with hearing half the song and then I'm over it and then we're just done from there. You're no longer happy, so they say, Ja? It's, there's literally anything. I would rather listen to the Barney song it's less repetitive. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, how's your week going, Jeff? <laughs> uh, my week is going all right. Um, like I said, actually, did I say this before? I don't remember. I enjoyed the staycation. It's pretty nice. Yeah, some people are uh, enjoying. There's a few, I'd say maybe like 15% of the people I talk to are really enjoying this quarantine thing. Everyone else is panicking and talking about how the world's going to end and how our future is terrible and how we did this to ourselves and stay home, stay home, stay home. And, uh, but yeah, there's a nice minority of people who are pretty stoked about this. You know, a lot of my friends are like, so I got one friend, a buddy of mine. He's like, dude, once this quarantine's over, there's t- someone I can totally go and ask out and do all this other stuff right now, man, I can't <laughs> wait for this is over. And then other people who I know are getting married, they're like, oh, this needs to be over. So then we can reschedule our wedding or hopefully not have to postpone our wedding anymore. Yeah, and I'm sitting here like, I have more to gain personally from this. So the longer <laughs> it happens, the better. Yeah, I guess for people like us, I feel like we're kind of in the middle. You know, this doesn't like dramatically affect us. But like, I feel like there's like two ends of the spectrum. There's people like who massively benefit and are massively fucked by this. Like one example, like I saw some person uh, mentioned that like they – had this dream job they'd been working 11 years to that like immediately because of like COVID-19 and everything, the like funding got dropped for this dream job they just had after working 11 years toward it. And now they're just like, basically it's square one with what's going on. They can't, they were supposed to like travel all over the world. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the worst end of the spectrum I'd say. And uh, then I heard somebody else who like a friend who used to live in this house of, I don't know, maybe like 10 people, and there was a roommate who was always kind of like slacking and just kind of a buzzkill and just like always like late on rent and things like that. And just kind of didn't didn't keep their end of the house and was just kind of a buzzkill to be around. And she was already supposed to be kicked out. <laughs> and um, she actually like was like overstayed after she was already kicked out of the place by the landlord. And um, this happened like right in the middle of COVID-19 when they issued the like staying home thing where you can't leave so she has nowhere else to go so she's basically like able to stay in the apartment that she was just kicked out of just because of the order so and also evictions are not uh taking place anymore because of this yeah which is good and bad yeah just imagine the person who was like about to be evicted the like the day before this government issue was ordered (laughs) 
<laughs> and they're, this is like a blessing for them. Yeah, I know. So like, I mean, down the road, it's like, oh, maybe I can own a second property, who knows, and then have like passive income. And I hear all these renter stories and I'm like, I don't want to do it anymore. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. But How are know, you but- doing? I'm all right, actually. You know, work, not to get too personal into work, but uh, work was a little stressful at the start of the year. But this COVID-19 thing, not to um, not to be totally selfish, because, <laughs> but for me, it um, work-wise has made my work a lot easier. <laughs> Dude, it has made mine exponentially harder. Really? Uh, well, Actually, I guess uh, in a way. Well, I guess the work from home adjustment can be hard for me. It's not too bad working from home compared to the office. Um, but basically, like we advertise on a bunch of different platforms, and just due to budgeting and like wanting to keep some money like relevant, like still in the pocket, like we had to cut so much. So it's like my, <laughs> earlier this week, my boss is like, "Yeah, you've been doing really great this week. Been doing a lot." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier when you only have like one or two things to do." really really meeting my quotas there but uh i mean for me it's um so a lot of people are work from home from now like all of our customers and then a lot of customers come back and say hey your software is crap why can't it get to load on my computer so can you did this ever occur at your office network no can you send me your internet speeds sure i think the issue is that your home internet just sucks (laughs) that's an easy blanket statement to just label for anyone that can't really be proven or disproven, I guess. <laughs> no, like I, in a couple of cases, I replicated their internet speeds and such, and it is just awful, right? So it actually is internet speed for most. No, it's legitimately a lot of them are their internet speeds. Ah, uh, okay. I thought and, that was just kind of like at Twitter whenever we didn't know what to do, we'd just instantly say clear your cache. <laughs> no, but also a lot of people there, I ask them, I'm like, did this issue ever occur when you worked in the office? They're like, no. So it's happening when you moved home because of the uh, pandemic. Yes. I think it's your internet speed. No, it's your software. Mm. Um, granted, our software isn't the best, but I'm like 99% sure at this point, <laughs> speaking, it's your internet. Speaking, speaking from personal experience here, when I try to send you, use your software to send you one of our podcasts. <laughs> oh, funny thing actually is the most recent Apple update does fix that. Okay, so if I update it again, I should be able to send it. I think the version has to be like thir- uh, iOS 13 point something point one. <laughs> Um, this is really really great tech support job it has to be 13 point something point something and you're good yeah no it, it really is and then i've gotten a customer's supervisor said you're the company needs to not blame apple they need to fix it and i'm like don't yeah, get paid enough to care still not a problem <laughs> don't get don't get paid enough to care world slogan um, well it's all of our engineers like they just kept pushing back it's not our fault it's not our fault and i'm like i don't know what else to tell you i've already asked them for the last like three months I think you should tell them our Twitter slogan, don't get paid enough to care, Jock, because that was a classic sentiment that I try to embody every day, even since Twitter. <laughs> Very nice. Anyways, amidst all this, you know what else is going on in the world? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've covered it all, really. <laughs> this is everything conspiracy that's theories on this pandemic. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So uh, how do you feel generally about conspiracy theories, Jock? Do you enjoy a good conspiracy theory? Um. To be honest, I actually never care for conspiracy theories, and I think all those people that who believe in conspiracy theories are idiots. With that said, I have a conspiracy theory of my own about this pandemic. All right, let's get into it, because uh, funny story for our listeners, we were supposed to, <laughs> our homework for each other was to research conspiracy theories, and then about a solid 15 minutes before this, uh, we connected and realized we hadn't done that at all. <laughs> John said do homework, and I thought he meant do homework on another topic we were going to do, which is watch movies. So I proceeded to watch movies without researching any conspiracy theories. Hey, that means that you're ahead of the curve for next week. 
Hell yeah. Anyways, to watch movies. I'm good. All right. So, anyways, um, a couple big ones that I'm sure people are aware of right now. You, what do you think about 5G? You know, the whole race between all that, between um, America and China trying to establish 5G, but then now, like, um, it's quote unquote here, right around the time of COVID 19. What do you think about all of that? Um, well, I, I mean, the first time I ever heard of it, it was followed by this is a fucking dumb theory and don't believe this. <laughs> and that's pretty much been the sentiment from everyone else I've heard. And if even if that hadn't been attached to that um, commentary of this is fucking stupid, why do people believe this? I probably would feel the same way. It doesn't really make sense that COVID-19 could come from that. But I don't know. That's just my two cents. But hear me out. Think about it. the timing right now, the current arms or tech war right now between China and America China developed 5G earlier than America and it could be infiltrating our networks and basically just causing this disease, just basically the right frequency, the right, it's like a perfect storm. How do bats fit into that though? Don't bats need to be somewhere in this equation? <laughs> Did they get the 5G from the bats? <laughs> they utilize a chemical in the bats for the 5G? Hey, you know, bats use sonar, right? In order, or like uh, echolocation in order to see at night. Yeah. And so they're able to see it in a different wavelength. There I'm you confused. go. I'm confused. Do you buy it? I thought so. You, no, I'm, I am totally making this up as okay. I go. This is like a lot about my ass right now. I was like, is this the twist? I really believes the 5G conspiracy. No, this is all out of my ass. No, but no, I think it's a load of crap that people believe in the whole 5G thing. I haven't met a single person who does. It's pretty much everyone I've heard about just says it's bullshit and idiots believe this. That's pretty much been the sentiment I've heard. You know, legit people like same kind of like the flat earthers who actually believe it. <laughs> no, I don't. Anybody, but for some reason, that's the one that has like when you type in conspiracy theories right now on Google, most search results is just 5G stuff. Yeah. That's the I'll funny thing. <laughs> I feel like, you know, it'd be a really interesting documentary. Just like if it, every episode or like a Netflix series, this would be the perfect time for like just a conspiracy theory oriented show where like every episode was like a documentary into a different conspiracy theory. Like an episode for Epstein, an episode about Hillary Clinton, an episode about the first moon landing, just like every like stereotypical conspiracy theory. So the funny thing about that, well, it's a little bit different. So my favorite um, YouTuber who does like comic summaries and stuff like that, he yeah. actually has his own side show. It's called Conspiracast or something. I forgot. Uh-huh. And it's mostly about conspiracy theories, but more on the supernatural level and not really the political level. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's somebody that does all that and that's called um, literally like WikiLeaks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was thinking more something in Netflix form so I don't have to be working hard to actually read something and can be my lazy self and just watch it on Netflix. <laughs> it was done well enough. That's for sure. Yeah. Do you, uh, what was I going to say? What, it, what the things that really gets me, I guess the, when you say supernatural, the thing that really like interests me is like, um, you ever watch just like videos about like unexplained photos or things like that, or like unexplained, just like just any type of unexplained phenomena. Usually photos is what does it. Like people like have evidence of like photos and they can't explain how it happened and things like that yeah oh were you there when we watched the whole like photos debunked mm, i don't think so okay so there's a lot of um different ghost pictures right that happened i think one was like in south america or southeast asia of a okay. ghost and then they had like a a, a special effects mm-hmm. person uh with them and they went through all the videotapes and pictures and they said oh this is what happened no that's that's 
uh, a hooks right there. No, that's legit right there. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the most likely, right? And yeah. like they even talked about the whole. Um, or it might have been a blog that I saw. I don't remember anymore. But the the whole Disney one that went viral, where like, okay, oh, see this ghost thing walking along the uh, video cameras. It turns out that Disney just reuses their tapes a lot. <laughs> and so a lot of stuff gets permanently imprinted because that's what they want you to believe, Joe. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed really rational to me. You're just, but, you're, um, just you're just drinking the Kool Aid, Joe. You're not be, you're not being a free mind, man. It's the Illuminati, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me get my tin foil hat real quick. Um, no, and then so like the one where the, the, the expert said was um, what's funny was just now for some reason like the mic just got so distorted it sounded like a ghost was talking moving on um all right see the illuminati's coming in they're hacking the call but um you know it's another the photo that i was thinking of when i mentioned this was have you ever seen the one it's like a girl in like a like some kind of like field with flowers and there's like an astronaut looking dude behind her um yeah it looks it's super creepy if you see it because just something about the quality of it just looks super not normal and just like manufactured i don't know something about it. it's just a girl like in the middle of flowers and there's this large it's not like the person that's behind her doesn't literally look like they have an actual astronaut suit it's like distorted and looks like the vague kind of like hazy showing of an astronaut behind them but the time was like way before astronauts like had ever you know been a thing and like the story is that they took it to like main like photo manufacturers and nobody like messed with it everyone confirmed that the photo hadn't been tampered with and it was totally normal quality um like the only theory is that like it was like her mom or dad behind her but something about the lighting just made it distorted so she looked like this like white weird astronaut kind of thing but i don't know that's the one that gets me you know the uh, the one that i saw on the thing that i was referring to earlier the one image that the uh, expert said that was this is probably the most valid picture is the uh, gettysburg one so hmm. it was um, Gettysburg uh, during the Civil War, one of the bloodiest battles. Um, so supposedly haunted, right? And so if you drive in now, you can see like soldiers. Oh, that's kind of cool. It. That's the one. Uh, I think that's like one of two pictures or one of, yeah, the most, the picture that was most likely to not be doctored, not be tampered with, and might be the best case, best use case for a ghost. Hmm. Caught on picture, caught on camera. Damn. Um, on all the other ones, he was just like, "Oh, right, you can explain it away. You can easily do this and that." Um, I think the one that was super popular in Southeast Asia or uh, South America in a hospital. He said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that was basically just perfectly timed splice pictures or videos combined." Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you feel like you ever like have that feeling of like I want to believe? Like you want to believe there's some uh, like conspiracy, like some sort of paranormal activity happening, like with things like that. I think. That's one problem with conspiracy theories is it's just fun to believe. It's just fun to believe there's this massive secret revelation that you're uncovering and no one knows and you're ahead of the curve, you know, and that kind of can cloud some objective reasoning and judgment when you actually have someone debunking it and be like, ah, that they're just, they they just, it's fake conspiracy. They just want to shut down the theory because they know it's like onto something true. I don't know. Do you ever feel like you just want to believe? I mean, I'm religious. I believe in spirits. Yeah, but like other stuff, like like what like when you hear conspiracies about like COVID nineteen or I know you have your own conspiracy theory, which you <laughs> but I don't know. Do you ever before that? Do you ever feel like you just like want to believe there's like a, a massive just something happening under our noses that is going to be like shown to the public in the future? 
Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I believe in the possibility of it. And at the same time, it's like, if it, if it's true, it better be damn well true mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I, I believe in the plausibility. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking of like the, we're getting way off track, <laughs> but I'll, okay. I'll tie it back in. But uh, <laughs> no, one, one last thing I was going to say, did you ever watch that Netflix documentary about area 51? <laughs> Uh, I didn't know there was one, but okay, um, go ahead. Yeah, you would have loved that, man. It was, uh, I forget the guy's name. He, uh, basically this guy, the, the claim is he said that he worked for Area 51 at one point and he worked with some, uh, it was super secretive. They brought him in and they didn't let him, it was on a very need to know basis. Like he only worked on certain things that were like relevant that they asked him to do without a lot, like a lot of background context of what he was looking at. And he just saw some like types of, according to him, he saw some types of uh, like aerial, like plane um, things that kind of defied our like understandings of physics and like were different kind of just like outside of like what we know as like earth chemistry and earth physics, they were kind of like defying that and he was to work on it. And he thinks he's like, he's, his basic thing is, I don't know if it's aliens, I don't know what it is, but it's not anything we've seen and they didn't explain to me what it was and he kind of talked about it in the public and since then he uh his claim is that they've been like after him and they've like discredited his like records of going to college like and they've like done things to kind of like ruin his credit score and whatnot basically it's this conspiracy that they're after him and like trying to discredit everything he's saying and make him look crazy after like he's revealed these things to the public his name is bob lazar that's what i forgot up till now but anyways Super side tangent, that was it. <laughs> All right, so my other conspiracy theory with COVID-19 that people have right now widely believe is that it's basically biological warfare initiated by either or China and America. So one theory is that China biologically engineered this to basically just screw over the rest of the world, which, I don't know, China could be. And then there's also the, uh, what you call America, the Americans with CIA, espionage, and stuff like that who dropped it in China, make them look bad which then basically just got loose and just attacked everybody else in the world. Do you and believe both these things? Actually, with this one, I actually believe in the plausibility. And it's funny because <laughs> the sound just got distorted again. Oh, but, no. Um, Government. Dude, I don't thing. know. There's also the Zoom controversy where, like, security sucks on Zoom. Yeah, my work actually said basically don't download Zoom because there's some privacy breach or something. <laughs> yeah, it's um, basically like Zoom was a pretty popular company, but then they didn't realize how many people kind of like shifted over to Zoom. So because of that, a lot of people have been um, poking holes at Damn. the software because there's I, so much more usage of it now. I wish I could have done a Back to the Future 2 move and go back to like end of 2019 and invest the shit out of Zoom, <laughs> toilet paper, and hand sanitizer stock. <laughs> right. No, but um, so I mean, like, given America's track record of like intervening with government and how much crap they have, like, that's that we're aware of, right? So we know for a fact that they finance different governments and stuff like that. That goes without saying. Specific yeah. ones, I don't really know. But then, I mean, I don't really look into much detail. All I know is that America likes to have their hands in a lot of honeypots. That really summarizes us as a podcast. We don't look into too much detail. <laughs> that's us. I mean, there's Saddam Hussein. Um, because he was a he he was a, a employed by the uh, United States government, that was one major one. There's also South American stuff like that, mm-hmm. but then seeing and then also Cold War, right? Because we had, were basically doing espionage for funsies at that point. So seeing them dropping a dro- a, a biological weapon in China, 
to try and make it look like it's Chinese. Yeah, that's actually not outside the realm of impossible. But my actual theory, the real theory, what I kind of actually believe in, this is actually I'm invented. Ready for this. Do, you want me, do you want me to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 of how plausible I think it is? All right, <laughs> this no. will be your sales pitch to me. <laughs> I legitimately, to a degree, and only just because I hate the UN fundamentally, but I think the UN and World Health Organization conspired this disease. Hmm, and I okay. say that because, all right, look at all the different things that's improved right now. Okay. The environment has improved. Um, yeah, the economy is really doing well. <laughs> but also right now, currently the, uh, um, so there's a lot of stuff right now with the UN. They basically, there's obviously a world entity. You, uh, world Health Organization is under the UN and you, the World Health Organization, the beginning of all this, they've had to redact statements. They've had to, um, they they were slow on a lot of things to pull the plug on certain different things. They're adamant about like, you should not wear masks, period. And now other uh, organizations are like, no, you probably should wear masks. And then now they're saying, the no, CDC, you should definitely wear masks. What is on the CDC were initially like, don't wear masks. or And then now they're like, wear cloth masks specifically. Um, who was very adamant against using wearing masks? And Surgeon General were. But then also like, in the beginning, I remember in January, right? Oftentimes, mm-hmm. the World Health Organization would have to go back and say, whoops, whatever we reported earlier was not 100% true. Mm. And it's like, how many of these reports you had to go back and redact and fix? And then um, there's also been interviews, several interviews right now, seeing with um, how uh, people have tried to talk to, interview with the World Health Organization and say, hey, have you talked to Taiwan or like I have specific questions about this country and the, how they're doing with COVID mm-hmm. and in multiple interviews, they're just like, they personally hung up and then they came back on the line and said, so we're done talking about China. What's your next question? Hmm. And so you think that means on. they're hiding something. No, I feel like this is like a perfect excuse. This is like for them to like, just say, Hey, screw this. Uh, we're doing all this basically to push our own political agenda. And so like climate change, a lot of that stuff has really improved. Um, dang, I totally had other things that I want to chime in. Oh, also um, a lot of research studies right now that are led by who like the exclusive countries from it basically is just establishing their pecking order of like, these are important countries. This is what you need to know. And China has been heavily involved in a lot of that. And at the end of the day, it's like you can indirectly say it's China that's also involved, but I think at the end of the day, it's just really like a UN WHO organization that is spearheaded escalating this. Mm. And that is my theory. Well, at what percentage certainty would you have to that theory? How married are you to that idea? <laughs> well, how married? I'm maybe 40%. <laughs> okay, at least it's not more than half. <laughs> um, all right, so do you want me to rate it? <laughs> Scale 1 to 10, what I'd say. <laughs> I'm afraid that you're going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I won't do that. Um, I'll hurt your feelings in other ways, but no, I, uh, what was I going to say? I, I don't know. I don't buy it. Personally. <laughs> I don't know. And here's my theory, my completely uninformed theory. Um, all right, let me I add did... on to it. Let me add on to the climate change point though. Real quick. <laughs> okay. Let me add to right. the climate change point. All right. All right. Equal. <laughs> Who has been very against climate change in right. America? All Trump. Right. He's left the Paris. Oh, when you said who, I thought uh, you meant World Health Organization. Oh no, no, no. 
the UN, it's, uh, I mean, the uh, American, United States government, current administration, they're very against the uh, climate change stuff. They pull out of the Paris Climate Accord. They pulled out this and that. They're trying to l- change the auto body industry, um, uh, gas emissions limits. Yes. All these terrible things, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, you see a lot of pictures right now. You see a lot of animals going back to different places that they usually would hang out. So like dolphins in Venice, coyotes going out and about in San Francisco City. Um, the deers in Nara Park in Japan roaming around the city more so, foraging yeah. for food. Bobcats in people's backyards in LA. <laughs> and these are pushing people to uh, pushing more of that. And that okay. stance. Okay. Well, and who has the most infection rates right now? United States. Anyways, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, it's just because we suck in general. We always don't follow rules. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we're freaking idiots. People younger than us and isn't, arguably even people our age are idiots. Isn't Italy higher, though? At least the death count's way higher in China. Uh, no, today we matched. Uh, today we surpassed Italy. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't uh, – this. It does. What's the long-term game, though? I mean, yes, they could. The World Health Organization, assuming that was true, where they did do something like that, like what's the end game for them? I mean, it's going to be yeah, the air quality has been improved for a bit, but everyone is on the same page that we don't want this to last forever. So if the air quality doesn't improve for a month at best, that's like how long it's going to improve, and then it's just going to go back to the same thing once the once like the quarantine and uh, stay at home in place is over. Um, so it's kind of just like we got a month of like nicer quality air. Maybe I guess if you're going on the idea that like the World Health Organization will use that like information and see like say something to the effect of like see everything like drastically improved health wise when we did this kind of shelter in place and had this effect. But I, I just think the I, I don't think they're so drastic and rash to do something that strong, uh, so dr- so dramatic that it would have such economic repercussions. Because to me. I'm almost wondering what's going to be like the ultimate, like worse consequence as a result of this, like the death count or the economic toll and unemployment that it's going to affect everybody with. I don't know. Time will tell ultimately there the death count. I want to be very you know sensitive and cognizant to that, that it's very tragic and serious, but at the same time, it's just the, the economic stuff is really what's freaking me out and just thinking this is going to be another 2008 all over again. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, and another thing <laughs> where I get the majority of my research is from one source, and that source is the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Where an idiot, oh, yeah. My, uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah? Sorry. Now you can go. No, a buddy of mine, he's actually more worried about the recession that may or may not happen, or the depression actually that may happen after all this fallout. Because yeah. Right now, it's difficult to say what the actual damage is. A lot of different restaurants are not able to ha- um, reopen. And to me, I think at this point, the UN just screwed up because, well, when have they ever been successful in anything they've done? So, so part of your theory is the idea oh, that I just adamantly hate the UN. Really? Yeah, is part of your theory that they like somehow like created COVID nineteen or like did a push for it? I think they exacerbated things. I okay. think they. Did so you don't think you don't job. think they like manufactured the actual like strain of disease, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't me, know. I'm basically, time will tell. Yeah, like I said, with the Joe Rogan thing, I saw one episode, so I'm going to base my entire opinion on this. <laughs> he had, like, this health uh, expert, and he, he seemed like he really knew what he was talking about. <laughs> um, so I'm going to base entirely on what he said. He basically said something to the effect of, like, even when man, like, when people, researchers do their best to kind of 
manufacture disease. It can never come close to what like nature can just create itself, which is good news and bad news because basically saying when biological terrorists like want to create something, they can never like actually like be successful at doing it. But at the same time, the bad news is <laughs> we also can't compare to what nature can do and really screwing us over. Um, so yeah. And to me, that makes sense. And otherwise it just seems like right now there's just, I, to me, my biggest thing is it just seems like there's not enough info about the disease and people are trying to be as cautious as possible. And uh, that's kind of what's causing the uh, dramatic effects that we have with all the stay at home and, you know, the, the every, everything being postponed and canceled, just the lack of knowledge on like a completely new disease. You know, people have been very clear. It's not the flu. It's not a strain of the flu. It's not some just recurring thing that's going to come up. We, have no idea the effects of this. I mean, I saw some fucking article. I heard it actually uh, just yesterday that like people are now wondering this could have an effect on the brain. So it's just that lack of certainty is really what's causing the dramatic effects. And I think to me, it makes sense that it's just occurring in nature. It's hard to imagine that this could have been man-made. Um, and my other theory is that some guy just went down on a bat and here we are. <laughs> um, the thing is, I kind of disagree with Joe Rogan in the sense that I think a lot of diseases are, the worst possible things are man-made. Well, actually, it wasn't Joe Rogan that said it. It was the health expert. He just kind of, like, moderated the interview. Anyway. Oh, okay. I think he's wrong to a degree, but then it's more – you really have to preface it as humans have screwed up things where we have inadvertently uh, created these diseases. So, for example, um, the, the, the super bacteria that are basically all antibiotic resistance, right? Mm-hmm. That's indirectly man-made. Um. And the thing is that if you want to preface it as strictly a bioterrorist in a lab, okay, sure. But then humans created it. I think humans had a direct hand in creating it. Sure. Um, we can definitely have an interaction with it, but just the idea yeah. that it was purposely like somebody sat down and like said, okay, we're going to make this COVID-19 that'll, you know, create a drastic world pandemic. Like that's the thing I think you said. Yeah, I don't think so. But I think the plaza, so like something like the super bug that I said, that's definitely a byproduct of abuse of antibiotics, right? But I think something with COVID-19, I think it is possible that it is man-made because at this point, to a degree, do you see, not, not to interrupt, but when you say man-made, do you mean purposely man-made or accidentally man-made? I think it's plausible to be, in this case, it's purposely man-made. Okay. Because currently right now, they've identified that it, it comes, okay, most research right now suggests that it's coming from bats. Mm-hmm. And I think Batman specifically, that's what they so, say. Sorry, my, head, my headpiece like came off. But, um, yeah, it was Bruce Wayne they said, right? He's the one that started it. Yeah, he, the billionaire play, rich playboy uh, philanthropist. Yeah, because Ben Affleck was really mad that they didn't like his Batman and then Robert Pattinson's taking over. So. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the thing is that this, if it's coming from bats, right? It, whether it be eaten from, consumed from, or interacted with, it, you can mix if you're in a lab and you have all these different animals living in different not in different but like in close enclosures and they're getting all these different diseases they're getting feces uh, attracted to each other um they may or may not be tested on whatever right and they're incubating it in one organism body and somehow it's being transferred to another organism that has a close enough dna uh-huh. and it mutates that you can eat, i think with my limited chemistry biological sciences background I think that's absolutely possible. And so something that, that is like COVID that is from an animal can 
I think if somebody can figure out and crack the code of mm-hmm. how to do that, can replicate that easily in a lab, which then would also speak the possibility of it coming from a lab. Okay, so I'll say, personally, I disagree. <laughs> but I'll, I'll play ball and say, hypothetically, if that was the case, what's, what do you think the purpose, like whoever thought of that, what's, why would be the motivation for it? I mean, from a government entity, really, it's just to wipe out every other out. Uh, I mean, if you're a government, government yourself, right, and you already have contingency plans for these, for this, mm-hmm. and then you play dumb, and at the end of it, you come out better, that's one plausible idea. Um, that, yeah, that could be. I just... Because <sighs> the thing is that we don't... Because governments are always constantly at war. They're always constantly some type of thing going on. Especially with um, major communist countries versus, let's say, NATO. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just... I don't know. That's the, I mean, honestly, this sounds like a plot in like a, like a James Bond movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, I, I try to stay away from Hollywood as much <laughs> right now with like this explanation. Yeah, I, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I want to believe in conspiracy theories sometimes just for like sheer amusement. Part of me, like my my the id part of my self, you know, the natural not restraining yourself part of yourself part of me wants to believe conspiracy theories like these. But I just I don't know this one. I can't fully get on board with. It seems a little too like I just feel like reality is a lot more boring than that. But then again. When you have certain crazy things happening in the world, you never know. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, there is still this, is that the government still has a lot of stuff that's hidden, right? And yeah, the but- fact that you introduce that possibility means it's difficult to say what isn't and what is. The government has a lot hidden, but that this would be like three degrees higher than anything the government's ever hidden before. <laughs> you know, there's like Bill Clinton having an affair scandal, Hillary Clinton emails, then this. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think we, that we, got, we, were, we represent two different sides of the uh, opinions here. You have the more conspiracy theory-oriented side. I have the more, I just think it's just man-made shit that happened and we're learning how to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just believing the plausibility of it. Like, I, I, re- I generally don't think it's from the UN and I just genuinely hate what the UN stands for because they're lackluster pansies that really can't get anything done because they think that they're on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, that the plausibility of this being created by a country, yeah, I think so. Do they think that they can mitigate it? Yeah, probably they screwed up. Yeah. So when you say plausibility, you mean you don't, you're not married to this idea and that you actually believe it, you're just saying it's possible? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I respect your opinion and I respect other people's opinions. My opinion is just, I think it's all naturally man-made because the scary horror is that nature can do some fucked up shit that we're going to have to deal with like we are now. But uh, yeah. Have you seen the happening? <laughs> you mean one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of our time? <laughs> yeah. But have you seen the happening? Like, you I know have, what's it about? I, I, as much as I could stay awake from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other nature fights back. Yeah. Kills yep, people. There you go. Waves. Do you ever there hear Mark Wahlberg's quote? <laughs> Are you, oh, dude, I think you just killed your argument if you're using that M-, M. Night Shyamalan movie to support it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it reinforces your point that nature does like. Oh, oh, well, I killed my own argument by associating with that then. <laughs> but, right, so Mark uh, Wahlberg said something? Yeah, he he was, when he talks about it, he was like, his quote on the movie, looking back, he was like, 
wind, man. Or he's like, trees, fucking trees, man. He's like, I can't believe that turned out like it did. Well, you got it. At least I tried, you know, something like that. <laughs> I just like that quote of like trees, fucking trees, man, like shaking his head like, God damn, what a stupid plot. Who would think of that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm, now we're really like going um, on a tangent. Sometimes it makes me wonder, like when a, when an actor, they had the option to turn down a script and yeah. they're reading it. Do they ever think, I think this is a masterpiece? And then when they film it and then it bombs and then they double back on what they said and said, nah, that was definitely a horrible movie i had only did it so i can buy more wine yeah i think it depends on the person i mean i think there's every type of case where like the person thinks it's going to be great then it turns out shitty and then they accept it or maybe they like try to distance themselves from it and then there's the opposite where like i heard when people are making star wars they thought it was going to be a disaster like the originals (laughs) like they thought it was just going to be a total nightmare they never knew how it was going to turn out um I think in Mark Wahlberg's case for that movie, I think he was like trying to do something outside of his range, you know, trying to like do something different for him because he hadn't done, I don't know, that type of movie in his career. Uh, the funniest story I ever heard was, <laughs> do you ever see Garfield? <laughs> yes. The live action movie. So Bill Murray, so it was directed by somebody with the last name Cohen, like I think C, either C-O-H-E-N or C-O-E-N. And so he got like offered this script. It was like Garfield by uh, the last, somebody with the last name Cohen. And he thought it was the Coen brothers, like the people who did um, No Country for Old Men and The Big Lebowski. So, Mm -hmm. like, he never worked with them. He's like, oh, they're great. I love them. I'll sign on for the movie. And then he signs on and realizes it's a a totally different Coen. And then the movie turns out awful. (laughs) Hey, they made a second one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes money. I I can't say it turned out awful because as a kid, I enjoyed it. Yeah, same. (laughs) But I I haven't. (laughs) I, I don't know if I'd feel the same if I saw it now, but uh, oh, that's why Bill Murray made the um, Zombie Land reference. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any regrets? Eh, probably Garfield. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes more sense now. I was very confused. We're all about learning more things on this podcast. <laughs> but the more uh, you know. Yep. Speaking of uh, TV and uh, movies, so uh, yeah, with COVID nineteen and the shelter in place, I think uh, Netflix and movies are a big thing going on right now. So, uh, what's one of the biggest things uh, going on in the world right now, TV wise? Would you say, Joe? The fact that I can't find a bootlegged version of Digimon Last Evolution. Definitely not the right answer. So I'll answer it myself. <laughs> it was Tiger King, as everyone else knows. So uh, yeah, with this episode. We, uh, we thought we were going to divide it into the two most uh, talked about topics because we want to blend in with every other podcast and make ourselves not memorable. <laughs> so it's COVID-19 and uh, Tiger King. So now we're going to delve right into that. So uh, first question, have you seen all of Tiger King, Ja? Yes. All right. What were your thoughts? Um, at first was, I don't know how this train wreck could get progressively worse each episode. But it does. And it <laughs> does. And that was my first thought. Second thought is, I do. I fundamentally now do not believe that rednecks are dumb. I just think they're assholes. Yeah, they are pretty. They're like genius masterminds with everything they were doing. It was kind of like it was kind of like a. It reminded me of a mafia film, like a Scorsese or like a Godfather type of film, where there's like there's just like different gangs, and the gangs in this case are zoos. And <laughs> the fact that they're able to manage a zoo, not only manage a zoo but do something on a national level and maintain what they're doing successfully. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's my second point. My third point or my third takeaway was, Oh my gosh, I feel super bad for tigers. I'm boycotting like anything I know for a fact. I mean, like I already started boycotting a lot of things, but like 
if I know for a fact that like this tourist attraction has some type of animal that labeled themselves as a zoo, chances of me going probably not. Yeah, zoos have always been pretty questionable, and like you enjoy them, but then you think like, are the animals really in their right habitat here? But goddamn, this really sheds a terrible light on that. It just makes it look like just it's really bad PR for zoos. <laughs> And even the person who's considered like the like sanctuary that's saving zoos, she's the one that has like debatably the most like dirt on her hands with the death of her husband. And like, is she even doing anything different from these other zoos? Like, are the cages even that big? Like my general take is that everybody in that movie was a little bit of a scumbag. There's not really one good person per se, but the best, um, if you had to pick one person who was the best or like a few people, I'd say it's, it's, and unironically all the people without limbs like the, the lady um that lost her arm and the dude with no legs they seem like the best morally not as questionable people yeah i know so like the thing is that with joe exotic i think what he did in the beginning what he created was genuinely like i want to help make an impact with the world with my brother's uh name and he hired people that were down on their luck and said hey i'll give you a second chance if yeah you'll do this. And these are people that are like, all right, you know what? You're giving me a second chance. I will do this and make the best of it. And it, it, for them, it, it grew compassion. Yeah. That long haired guy who gave the tour seemed like he really, that was like his life's calling. <laughs> yeah. And then now like these people are just kind of doing odd jobs and it, it, it really sucks. And, but at the end of the day, these people abused animals for their personal gain and they should rot in hell but i mean the other nice people with the limbs gone they're nice hey jock can you hear me yes all right sorry the audio cut out a second there are you able to pause this yes give me all one right. second all right cool All right, and we're back. Uh, sorry, uh, mini stove situation going on there. I thought uh might have been a fire, but fire is averted, so we're good. And I think for our listeners, it should only have been like a one or two second awkward thing. But yeah, <laughs> anyways, so we're talking that's, about That's how amazing much we for hate us. People. We usually have a 60-minute awkward thing going on, so one or two seconds, that's a step up. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, going back to Tiger King. Yeah. So you were saying how this is uh, Joe Exotic started out with good intentions and we're still helping people, correct? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, that these these zookeeper owner people should really rot in hell. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think beyond all the bad stuff they did to each other and just like terrible scams they were running, just the, the danger to animals, I think, should have been or the just bad treatment of animals should have been highlighted a bit more. But that's that's pretty crazy. That just shows you how crazy it is as it is like everything that's going on the like thing that's not highlighted on as much is the like danger to the animals because there's so much other crazy shit happening you know yeah and it's i was as i was watching i was so engrossed on seeing this train wreck slowly crashing freight after freight after freight and then it wasn't until the last episode where i'm like we want to talk about the animals what what happened to the animals like yeah at this point i kind of care more about them more than their well-being yeah and maybe they did talk about it for a, the last 10 15 minutes which i guess is not the premise of this documentary which i understand mm -hmm. so all right whatever but damn that really sucks 
Yeah, that's why I kind of say that everybody's a little questionable in that case because if you're associated with like a place that's causing that like many bad living conditions for animals, then that kind of says a little bit about you. Like you wouldn't want to be involved with that. Um, but actually, I was I was watching an interview with. Uh, do you remember the TV producer guy who looked really like really creepy with the? I guess they all kind of look creepy, <laughs> but the skinny dude, super old. Um, the black uh, men, black. Man in bl- yeah, with the black hat who had the footage burnt. Yeah, I, I was listening to an interview with him after, and he was saying that uh, Joe like would just kind of sometimes kill animals just if they were bothering him. Like, like one day he like some tiger just like was annoying him, so he just shot him in the head like in front of him. Apparently, and granted, I don't. I mean, they were all kind of questionable. Like, who knows if who's telling the truth in that case? But I mean, based on Joe Exotic, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, going back to Carol Baskin, um, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but uh, just to bring it up again in case I didn't. So uh, my first company that I worked at a college was a company called Zerv, and uh, we worked with companies in the travel and tourism industry. And that said, um, it was all over the U.S. human being. How dare you? How dare you speak to me? How dare you breathe the same air as me? I haven't gotten to the bad part yet, but you'll be saying that later. But, um the bad part, well, questionable part was uh, one of the companies that we worked with was a zoo sanctuary by the name of uh, Lions, Tigers, and Bears <laughs> with an owner named Carol Baskins. So, uh, yeah, Carol Baskins was one of the business that we called our partners and sellers who use our Zerp software to book tickets. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I might have actually chatted with Carol Baskin on the phone a few times back then. I don't really remember. <laughs> you you, you talked to literally what is basically a sadistic woman yeah pretty much i might have actually uh like some co-workers that are former co-workers that i still hang out with like at least once or twice a year actually mentioned that they worked more closely with her and actually like traveled all the way down to was it florida is that where she lives yeah florida yeah they traveled down to florida to like meet her and they actually had dinner with her and they just said they were her and her husband were both bizarre as fuck <laughs> no surprise there it's okay the energy that they present themselves as is the awkward kid in college and obviously or in high school and you never talk to you and you're kind of just being nice. And it turns out that they became this. It's, it's like those people, it's like who most likely to succeed or not succeed. Right. And they were never the ones to get a single vote. Mm-hmm. They're the people that I imagine. And then the Carol Baskin's current husband, I think she, I think they do on um, BDSM, and he's the one that's going to be tied up. The submissive one? Well, I mean, they did have, have an actual shot where he was, like, in a zoo, like, Tarzan kind of leotard in a collar, and she was, like, holding him. <laughs> they know, know, absolutely. Yeah, I know that's, like, one could say it's for show, but I think there's a little bit of truth there. <laughs> and then a lot of it is, like, she just screams, like, you know how the internet jokes about the crazy Kelly? Oh, I'm going to be a crazy Kelly in the future because I'm not going to find my perfect man? Yeah, no, that's Carol Baskin. Yeah. Yeah, she – I mean, the, the the talk is that they reopened the case on her again, too, so we'll see where that goes. Oh, then, thank you. Jesus does exist. <laughs> yeah, and also, you know the guy that really bothered me, like one of the biggest, like, takeaways that I had? It was almost not so much, like, the crazy, like, shit, like, arms getting, like, amputated, like, lawsuits happening, like, like other shit going on. It was more just the terrible life decisions that people made that really, like, shocked me on a bigger level. So, like, the, like what's-his-face, the doc – Fuck, what was his name? The, the, the harem dude, right? The dude with the long hair and the soul patch. 
Yeah, actually, let me look it up real quick. Um, yeah. I just know that he runs a harem, and like everything about him, I'm glad that the FBI raided him. Yeah, no, that's the thing. He was like, to me, he was the most sleazy, like of all the fucked up people in that one. He was the one that really took my attention as like, fuck this guy, because I didn't like how he like referred, like he seemed like a Charlie Manson modern day, like with <laughs> obviously not killing people, but just in terms of his culty behavior and his like circle of people, how he had like these women around his wives that like had to, the story was they had to fuck him to like get higher up in the business and like his like, him spending more time with them would magically make them better people and how all these people just like wanted to spend all this like insane amount of work and time on his business when they like the conditions were totally not safe. Like, you know, waking up at 8am working until midnight, like getting paid, like, what was it? Like a hundred dollars a week or something like that. Um, and just how, like how we had people, his name, what was his name? Like my Lord or something like that. Like, Oh yeah, so I'm like, oh, it was like a weird thing that translated to my lord. Yeah, I was like, fuck that guy. He sucks. He's like, somebody needs to arrest him and like for the terrible living conditions he's making people live with and like manipulating people into buying that. Like, fuck him. He was the one that I was really hoping they would like nail down and like he would get some legal shit on him for it. Like, I don't know. He, I, I really, really, really would not be surprised if he has some like really sketch shit worthy of going to jail once they do the you know, kind of like deeper investigation into him. Cause that guy, I do not trust more than any of them. So the thing is that, okay, this is what two things come to mind when three things come to mind when think of, okay, so his name is doc Antle. Yeah. And three things that do, do come to mind is that I think he's a genius and I think he's a genius, an evil because, genius, an evil genius because he's able to navigate. So like during the interview, I mean, people said like, ask him questions like i'm not going there i know what you're doing i'm not going there yeah two yeah he had the most shots almost when you first introduced doc Antle, you could see and it was interesting how like i noticed that the camera guy and the director they they kept these shots where it's like hey where do you want me at i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that you come in this way mm-hmm and they kept his shots for him to do that. I mean, Joe Exotic, he had a few of those, but it was mostly him just so he can point his gun. Mm-hmm. But for this, it's he was directing it and he was like commanding it. And I think that was like a that was like the um, director's subtle way of saying, this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah. And I want you to see that. I want what you to portray you, that. What do you mean most shots, actually? Uh, so it's like... In the beginning, when you're, they introduced Doc Antle, he was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be like one of those people who uh, open the door and greet you guys in. And they included that, like him directing the uh, camera guy to do that. Okay. And then immediately after, he said, okay, what do you guys want me to do? Do you want me to be uh, play with the tiger or Tigers right now? I'm going to just jump in right now and then play with the Tigers. Okay. Like, it was a lot of that. A lot of those, like, right before the shot, mm-hmm. he was dictating and talking about, like, what he wanted. Oh, most kind of directing of how he comes across. Yeah, and then I noticed that, that that was included a lot more for him than really anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can see that. Yeah. And so it, it may it may speak volumes and it may be like a subtle thing. I can't say. Somebody brought up a good I totally agree with what you said about how he like comes across in a like evil genius way of like saying like I'm not gonna answer that question. I see what you guys are doing. But somebody brought up a good point I heard about like one case where he didn't do that, where he revealed too much, like when they were talking about the hitman and he was uh, basically just like 
he's like, you would never pay that much for a hitman. You would pay this much for a hitman. It's like, I think that's kind of revealing too much. The fact that you know that, like, I mean, you can't just base that on saying I saw a movie about a hitman. I mean, he seemed like he was basing that off some real factual experience, you know? Uh, I think you could, uh, so I watched this thing called infographics on YouTube and they do a lot of stuff where they do a lot of research of like stuff like that. Like how much would it take to kill him? And what is the life of a, a, a of a undercover agent stuff like that so i could definitely see like somebody say i really just purely got it on the internet i don't know he seemed too passionate to just get it on the internet do you ever read anything on the internet and have that same level of confidence of like that would never happen i don't know like and like considering that and whether smoke there's fire kind of philosophy where he already seems sketch you know what i mean i mean i agree he's already sketched to begin with but i think definitely in the conversation i'd probably say like oh you never would pay three thousand dollars for a, a, a hitman kind of thing but then yeah no it, it does make it suspicious where he says you want somebody who goes from oklahoma or whatever you're calling from to go to florida to do it yeah that was weird yeah so that was I, actually I get, pretty that was pretty specific yeah so yeah just we can agree that the level of specificity and how much he seemed to know about that that might have been a case where he divulged too much but um a lot I, of the hitman stuff actually i got kind of confused I was well, the biggest thing I was confused about, like when they were talking about it, when it was basically the guy who like was hired to do it. He basically said in the documentary at multiple points, he's like, "Yeah, I, I was I was hired to do it. I was planning to do it the whole time." And I was like, "Why is this guy not in jail?" He basically just admitted to it. Like, is it just because he got the immunity because he gave up like information about Joe Exotic or like? Is that, and I mean, that's basically what I interpreted as that that is why he got out, but. In the documentary, he more or less basically said, I was 100% intending to do it and then just didn't do it last minute. The thing is that it wouldn't hold up in court, right? So depending on who you get as a judge, um, they may just say he didn't do it. There's no body. In the end, I can say that he, um, as a judge, he can say, oh, he had a moment lapse of judgment, but he didn't attempt it. He had intentions, but he didn't attempt it. Yeah. Really nothing you could hold the guy. And that's the thing is that like a lot of the former staff of Joe Exotic and they're saying like, no, these guys are scum working with scum mm-hmm. kind of. They're right in saying that. And a lot of these people, I'm just like, man, who hurt you? Or <laughs> how are you? How are you the way you are? <laughs> yeah. That's they're just a whole different breed down there, man. I don't know. South. Yeah. And so before I would think, okay, rednecks are idiots, right? They're hicks. And after watching this documentary, I'm like, my perception has completely changed. They're just <laughs> evil. Bill Burr has a funny bit about it too. He was just talking about, he's like, all right, we all, t- we all kind of like have our feelings about rednecks and think that they might be idiots and whatnot. But here's the thing. If there's ever a zombie apocalypse or something goes down, those are the number one people you want to be friends with because they will save your life with all the guns they have and whatnot. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of the explosives that they have in Oklahoma. Yeah. How is that legal? Yeah. <laughs> and also, just, uh, just, you know, one other thing this reminds me of too, because I remember like the husbands of Joe Exotic loving guns. Like, what the fuck was with the husband situation? How did he just find these like young dudes who didn't know their sexuality and just were gay? Like, was it, or not gay or whatever spectrum they were on? Like, the, like the the second husband, he was 19 years old and living in San Diego. Why the fuck would you leave San Diego and fly all the way to Oklahoma to marry that creepy looking dude who's as sketchy and difficult as he is just because of the money? Like, I, what wasn't was he on? working first? And then... he was. 
Yeah, and then it became a whole relationship. Rape, but not. He was eighteen, so it's not rape. And no, you could still rape somebody. Well, I don't recall a moment where he gets specifically raped. I remember he said something like, um, "Like, oh, do you watch porn? And do you like the porn with the guys with the big dicks or the guys with the little dicks?" And he was like, "Guys with the big dicks." He's like, "I don't think you're straight." You know, that was about all I remember. Do you remember anything else? And that's all they said. But I mean, I want to say it's kind. Of- it's the word I want to use is non-consensual, but the thing is that there's like no word to describe this situation except manipulation. Um, yeah. But I'm like, I just want to use another word that has less syllables. <laughs> he very well could have like manipulated them, but the way they made it look, it looked like the guy was like, just like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm gay now and I'm getting married to a guy like who, and also we have a three way marriage going on. Like that's what it kind of seemed like, but it's on YouTube somewhere. What the, the the three marriage thing? Ugh, it's, yeah, it's just what the fuck, man. What is going on? That was <laughs> above and beyond all the like limbs getting ripped off, like murder assassinations. That was like the biggest thing. Just the terrible decisions these people made, like the those guys getting married to Joe Exotic, and then the Doc Anil being a fucking creepy Charlie Manson of lions with his culty shit going on. You know that was the thing that shocked me the most in a weird way. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that you gotta really think about how like. That's the human condition, right? That's, I guess that's the other point that I forgot to bring up earlier with the Doc Antle thing is that, like, a lot of this actually makes me kind of sad about how, like, people really easily fall for these things for immediate gratification yeah. or to find purpose. So, um, for the girl who was interviewed for Doc Antle, she was just like, I thought he was really amazing. And, like, his lifestyle is already what I do. So, might as well. Like, yeah. Um, uh, so, like happy-go-lucky, right? And then you have the kid who probably genuinely wanted to help Tigers and do stuff because, I mean, Joe Exotic was doing good things during that time, mm-hmm. right, with animals. Yeah. But like, it, if I still, like, I used to want to become, like, a zookeeper or a zoologist, and if I had pursued that, hey, I could have probably found myself on one of those places doing stuff. Wow, you really did? That's a true fact? Uh, elementary school. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, that's still something I never thought about being a zoologist. Closest I ever thought about was working like animal protection in some point. That'd be kind of mm. cool because I don't know. People who work with animals up until this point, like I feel like you ever feel like people at like Petco and Pet Food Express are the nicest people. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of people who like animals are more for the most part genuinely nice people because they value that. Yeah, but no, so like it, it makes me sad to see like that 19 year old kid who ended up marrying Joe Exotic who's perfectly straight and then his mom who was working apparently i guess on the farm or i mean yeah. zoo yeah what the like and when she like went to joe exotic's second wedding dude it's like something's wrong with her what the fuck if i had a son and he married a dude like joe exotic and then my son happened to kill himself accidentally i could not just casually go to the ex-husband and like have fun at their marriage you know what the hell is going on there I mean, I think she did it because, like, I think Joe might treat her really well, right? Like, treat her as family. But up until, like, her son committing suicide, then that's where things made for the turn. So, like, for example, the whole, like, turkey thing, Mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving dinner, like, it was prefaced as, I just want to do something nice, but also feel free to donate money. And then he used the money donations to pay off um, the, 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 the hit job, right? And so that's just how Joe Exotic runs. I think he, he, on the surface, he appears nice. So towards the end of his career, he has that facade. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a whole, just kidding, I'm really a dirty dirtback. 
Yeah, but it's still just the fact that the mom would like. I mean, my biggest point is like, if you have a kid and the kid kills himself, I don't think I could like be associated anywhere with that place where the kid killed himself. You know what I mean? Like that was a trek. It's not like San Diego to LA. It's San Diego to Oklahoma. Like I don't know if I had a son or a daughter or anything like that, and they died in that place. Like I couldn't. Didn't he get married like two months later? Yeah, it was like two yeah. months later. Yeah, what the fuck is with the mom? How is that part like glazed over? How like okay, if you had like you know what I'm saying? Like if you had a kid, the kid kills himself accidentally, and then you like two months later, do you think you could go to the ex husband's wedding or just anywhere where that happened? For any rational person, no. But at the same time, that's the thing is that I don't we don't know enough about her background to say what mental where her mental state is. And yeah. so what we have learned from the show is everyone's crazy. Pretty much. So she could also be in that bucket as well, but to what degree we don't know. So that's why I'm saying like, I could see it. Why? Because everybody else is crazy in that show. True. I mean, I get it that they're crazy. It's just, I'm just like basking and just like, what? Like it could be, what level of crazy? And it it speaks volumes of her mental stability. See my little pun there, by the way, basking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to continue ignoring that now. Uh, too late. You already acknowledged it. But um, what are you talking about what? Who? <laughs> Schmichter says what? But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all we had to say about Tiger King, I guess, right? Did you have anything else? Just crazy. Um, please continue boycotting these type of things. If you are, if you don't, please consider it. Like, okay, this is my like soapbox spiel now. <laughs> um, I'm ready for it. Give me the soapbox spiel, man. No, it's just me. For me, uh, the only things that I try to go to now are like zoos that I know that they're doing good stuff and. Uh, basically provide a, an opportunity for other animals so like san diego zoo monterey bay they do like research and stuff like that but then mm-hmm. stuff like for example i used to love sea world as a small child yeah but now sea world obviously it's I, I can't go anymore because of how they treat their employees and how they treat their animals i can't go mm. um so i boycotted that rodeos i boycotted um, i've always hated system. rodeos i could never see a rodeo and think just why why would i want to go to this like it just looks awful I mean, I always like was kind of like, oh, this is interesting, whatever, right? But now the where I where I stand, I'm like, all right, you know what? I think I'm never going to go to a rodeo, period. Like with whole animals, how they treated, yeah, and like to really now to add to the whole thing of what I'm boycotting as well is is um, private zoos. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never really knew private zoos were a thing until this documentary, but I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to add that to the list now, and. I encourage people at this point to really like, if you care about any type of animal, your dog, your cat, your freaking goldfish, <laughs> think about also boycotting these activities as well. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's making me like, I love the Oakland and SF zoos, but it's making me like kind of want to do some research into like, are they like actually like keeping the animals in as good a condition as they could be? Is this really good for the animals? Like, cause anyone loves going to a zoo and seeing animals. Cause it's just like a very, low-hanging fruit like oh it's very like it's just just, like appealing to watch it's just like it's seeing an animal you're not used to seeing and it's in a controlled environment but uh yeah i don't know have you heard anything about the oakland and sf zoos i not i mean these are like uh, um which about like a like a state or name or whatever attached to it so for the most part like from on the surface level without doing any major research they seem fine they're really doing some type of sanctuary or like research thing Mm-hmm. and so from what i gather it's like okay well fingers crossed i hope it stays that way yeah totally. it stays good yeah yeah absolutely 
They uh, yeah. Isn't it San Diego have a pretty big zoo? Yeah, they have the they have a zoo in the city, the city and they have the safari park. Hmm. And the safari park. Uh, I've been to the. I don't recall. I've definitely been to the city one, but I can't remember if I've been to the safari one. Hmm. All right. And, yeah. Oh, and so on a good note, is that um, so I, I was watching a video of like where are Joe Exotics tigers now, mm-hmm. and a lot of them actually went to a pretty good home. They went to uh like thirty or forty of them went to a um sanctuary, an actual sanctuary. Nice. That and so not there's a, no cages. Not a Carol Baskins approved sanctuary. <laughs> oh screw that! No, they're in cages in that one. But this one, they're non. I think they're on like five to twenty acres of land or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not that big. That many acreage is really not that big, but yeah. there's no cages. And so what they do is that they have tall bridges. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a, it was like a quick, like two minute video. And they, I see like the, uh, the owner is walking on the bridges mm-hmm. and then below them, it's like open air. There's no fencing and stuff like that. Hmm. That's good. Nice. That's a happy note to end on. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like we could probably do a little bit of research on facility and hopefully that it is a sanctuary, but definitely like places that are legit sanctuaries power to that right yeah um, support that more so absolutely screw the big cat rescue screw carol baskin screw all that <laughs> if it's a private zoo if it's a zoo just don't support it unless if it's like do you know it's they're doing good research yeah i think that's fair hey do you know there's this, uh, another episode of tiger king coming out <laughs> oh my gosh is there really <laughs> yeah apparently it's it's not like the ones they've done before apparently you know joel McHale. uh who yeah uh, do you ever watch community no. The Office? I mean, not The Office. The Talk Soup? What? Talk Soup? It's a show. Anyways, no. Joel McHale. Uh, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Um, oh. Yeah. He's uh, just interviewing the people. It's kind of going to be like a... I think it's coming out in Easter, too. He's just interviewing the cast members since what's happened and kind of, I don't know, just talking about like what's happened since then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. It, it, it... In the beginning, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so fascinated by this train wreck. And afterwards, I'm just, for me personally, I'm like, feel dirty. <laughs> I feel so bad for the animals. Yeah. It's, at the end of the day, it's like they said, the losers are the animals. Yeah. No, it's true. The victims, for sure. And I think it's one of those things that everyone watched and I was so excited because I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be so exciting craziness. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh man, I didn't expect to feel as like, as I feel right now, it's just depressing. I need to watch some right after I watched some Doctor Who, like some really upbeat stuff <laughs> to like get in a better mood. Like I needed some British accents to cancel out the seven episodes of binging redneck accents. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, oh my gosh. It was just, it was a train wreck. I was yeah. messaging like two different groups of friends who I knew already watched Tiger King. And during the entire time, I'm like, guys, how does this train wreck keep going? Like the first episode was already like, what am I watching? And the second yeah. episode was like, wait, it caught on fire. My third episode, I'm like, wait, why are they pouring gasoline? And by yeah. episode seven, I'm like, why is it still crashing? It's still moving. By episode seven, I just had no feels left. I'm like, this is just sad. Just everyone's depressed. No one's, no one's in a good place. The like, The people who are kind of profitable, I guess the Jeff, what was his name? Jeff Lowe. Yeah, uh, I hope he gets. I I really hope they nail him for something. You know that's coming. There's no way. Apparently, a zoo like partner, the guy he was doing the zoo with before the episode was even over, he was out and they like had a disagreement. And I looked up Yelp reviews of the zoo since um, Jeff took over and his 
pretty bad reviews. <laughs> it's pretty consensus. Like the consensus is pretty bad all across the board. It's uh, just everyone's saying it's dirty. It's smelly. It's like super dirty, super bad condition. So I don't know. He's not going to last much longer there. I'd say. I mean, I hope he gets down for uh, he gets taken down for some felonies and not some misdemeanor stuff that he got called for in Vegas. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you like one that uh, above all else, like all the shitty stuff he did? Just the fact that he put tigers in a suitcase—that alone makes me hate the guy and like write him off as a piece of shit that I would never want anything to do with. You know? It's, dude, Jeff Lowe. Okay, I feel like they didn't expand on him enough of how much of an asshole, right? They just said that like definitely Jeff Lowe definitely jeff Lowe, but then they didn't explicitly say i mean because they didn't really have anything to go off of because jeff Lowe is another one of those masterminds where also he not only ran a harem he's basically okay you know dan bizarre and whatever dan no. brazil i like to call him dan brazil because i don't know how to say or pronounce his damn last name dan brazil okay <laughs> okay so he's cool. like this armenian i guess armenian austrian no uh, some eastern european country guy right and okay. he lives in America and he's the kind of guy that's like, he's bulky. And then he uh, has a lot of women in his Instagram and he calls himself the king of Instagram and he's always partying. He's always on yachts and stuff like that. And Dan so, Bilzerian. Is that it? I think so. I'm looking him up on Wikipedia. Yeah, probably. Tampa, Florida, internet personality and gambler. Yeah. And so he made, so okay. uh, apparently people, professional gambler or professional poker players have said that he makes his fortune on picking on uh, amateur uh, poker circuits. So mm. he's not good enough to be a pro, but he flaunts that he is, but he picks on uh, smaller venue ones because he knows that he's going to win because wow. he's good enough to be in that. But he's not good enough to be in the pros. Damn. So he's a scammer. Hustler. Mm. let's say he's a scammer i say he's a hustler and so like he would constantly say like this is my life and he's like with a ton of women and it's like this is my life and a ton of guns in the background and i'm like how much money did you have to pay to have these women take a picture with you (laughs) and so like jeff Lowe is that yeah pretty much i just i just don't know people can do that like side side note i remember the last concert i went to when back when concerts were a thing (laughs) all of two months ago I uh, I was looking for an extra ticket for a friend to go. And then um, uh, I was looking on like, you know, sometimes I check the Facebook page for events because it'll have people post like, oh, selling one ticket, looking for one ticket. God damn, dude. I had so much trouble like trying to weed out which one was a scam and which Facebook pr- um, profiles were fake and whatnot. And there was one guy, he looked real, but um, and he was selling tickets for like a pretty good rate. And then I looked on his profile and then somebody had commented on one of his photos saying, this is a scam. This is a scam. But like bright font letters and another one of his posts saying that. So basically just like showing for other people who are looking at him that he's like a scammer and like, you know, he's like just going to steal your money for this kind of shit. Just like, how do you live your life like that, man? You know? The fact that he didn't change his pro- Facebook profile. Because at this point, you'd probably think that if you're hustling this long, you would change your Facebook profile. So he must have been really bad. It was like a few photos down, you know, but oh, okay. even then you'd still think if you see a comment like that, you'd want to remove it if you are doing that shit. But I don't know, man. Just... And no, I mean, like, like you said, like at the end of the day, like a lot of this stuff really highlights the human condition. And it makes me sad in that yeah. regard. And I'm just yeah. like, damn, we suck. <laughs> we suck at yeah. taking care of our own, which then produces this toxicity train wreck dumpster fire oil can 
mistake. That's what we do here at uh, Uninform- un- un- Underpaid and Underqualified. We <laughs> end on really happy notes. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you want to watch a freaking train wreck, <laughs> Tiger King is your <laughs> is the best thing I could recommend yeah. during this quarantine. Yeah, there's got to be something happier to watch. You've been watching anything else lately that's happy? Let's recommend something happy, Joe. Got to end on a nice note. <laughs> I can read. I can recommend a bad anime. <laughs> it's not the Digimon one, is it? Oh no, that's probably the better one. <laughs> but I All haven't right. watched that one yet. Oh. All right, go take it away, Joe. <laughs> Let's do a closing note here. We've been going for. Oh, uh, the thing is that the recommendation. Okay, you know, I, I guess I'll say anime since the next episode we're talking about, we're going to be talking about movies. Um, yes. So I've been watching. Um, Okay, I'm watching two animes right now. Right now, one is called Sword Art Online Part 3. Are they happy? (laughs) uh, Yes, actually. Um, Okay. Yes, confirmed for the first one. The second one, I can't confirm because I'm only on episode 7 of 26. Cowboy Bebop? (laughs) Yeah, Cowboy Bebop, actually. Um, Yeah. I got to get a little props for how I guess that just from the episode number. (laughs) So that one, I'm not sure how I feel about Cowboy Bebop yet right now because every episode feels like so for a lot of animes the beginning is a little slow because you're establishing the characters the background the personalities and then you get to the plot yeah and since cowboy bebop is so short there's um they're doing a lot of character building right now Mm -hmm. and right now so everything feels like a one-off episode nothing has had a consistent story so far so i don't know how i feel is it are Um, you watching on hulu i am watching on Toby T or Tubi TV or um, Kiss Anime. Mm, the whole thing's on Hulu, actually. I was gonna watch that um, sometime soon. Yeah, I, I heard, have a Hulu membership. Ah, I uh, had a a YouTuber I like a lot, like really recommended the show hard. He basically said it's like this is one of the first animes he always recommends to people when trying to prove that anime is not just like you know Sailor Moon, Pokemon, kind of like low hanging fruit cartoon. Like you can actually have like deep, like well done mature plots for anime this was like his go-to like proof of that he said so i've always been curious to check it out no i think it's definitely on the mature end so i haven't gone far enough to give me my given a conclusion and since how, uh, how it's highly acclaimed the other yeah. one sword art it's um the first part was great a lot of people like it second part got weird mm. and it's no no the second part of the second half of the first part got weird mm. the third part let me restart again <laughs> third time's a joke first half of part one was good okay second half of part one was weird okay part two was okay what the hell is this garbage and then part three is all right it's okay ish i guess this could be better and i don't know why i'm still watching it i guess it's mostly for nostalgia of the good parts Mm. all right fair enough so on that note so, so no, I have no good recommendations because all the other stuff I've watched is, uh, oh, I mean, I guess this is us. This us has a lot of feels. Finish this this season. I saw one scene of that that looked really depressing. <laughs> and the only other thing that I was going to mention that I've been watching then is Mr. Robot. And that's about as dark and depressing as you can get, <laughs> especially the last season. So, uh, yeah, we really have no optimistic recommendations here, Joe. <laughs> uh, comic books. Read comic books. They usually turn out for the best. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think we should just embrace it and just say <laughs> this will be our catharsis episode if you really want to get all your sad emotions out. This is the episode to listen to. <laughs> so thank you for the, listening to the Underpaid and Underqualified show with your host, John Vince. Thank you and good night. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
Bye.